0: Never End The Story, a rewatch podcast where we watch the movies of our childhood with Tepper, a grown man who's never seen them before. I'm your host, Ivan. This week we are joined by Chris, Connor, and of course Tepper. We will be watching The NeverEnding Story, directed by Wolfgang Peterson, released in 1984, based on the novel by Michael, and Connor brought us this movie to us. Why?
1: I watched this movie an excessive amount as a child. I watched it so much that I went through, I think, about three VHSs by the end of my watching career. Uh, And I think it's absolutely shameful that Tepper has not yet seen this movie before.
0: (laughs) Chris, do you have uh, any connection with this movie?
2: I definitely watched a lot when I was a kid, and the sequels too. uh, It was less important to me than I think it was to Connor, it sounds like. But when I was in university, I did a rewatch of a lot of this era of fantasy movies, and this one is just such a gem to me. And it it became more important to me then than it was when I was a kid.
0: Myself, I've definitely seen the movie and its sequels. On television, though, and I don't really know what happens where or when or even in which movie. So now uh, we're showing Tepper the poster of the movie, and we're gonna see what he thinks happens.
3: <laughs> uh, well, describe the poster. Um, it has a what looks like a princess on it. That weird white dog, which I've seen before. Um, somebody riding that weird white dog. Mm-hmm. Um, old German philosopher man. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> is that the one on the right or on the left? <laughs> uh, I, I would say the one on the right. Um, the one on the left is weird German witch woman. I think. I think that's a woman. uh how
1: they're both German.
3: There is rock man, and is that a squirrel? No. And a man with a top hat riding that squirrel? It's not a squirrel. I think that's all we'll say on that. Though. Yep. For now. Okay. Um, in terms of what I know about this movie, I only know about the dog. I saw it somewhere. I think there was like a YouTube video I watched a while back of a short clip from. Never Any story, but I can't recall the details of it because it's been so long since I've uh, seen it. Uh, in terms of what happens, I have no idea.
2: Okay. Which of these characters on the poster do you think is the main character?
3: Um, the one that's front and center on the poster. Uh, So the the princess. Probably the princess. Okay. Yeah. All right. uh, With
0: that, we'll see you after the movie. They look like big, good, strong hands,
3: don't they? I always thought that's
0: what they were. And we're back. What did everyone think?
1: It's an amazing movie. Yeah. Tepper. Um. <laughs> I see your face.
3: <sighs> uh, I, I I don't uh, I don't want to disappoint you.
1: You've already but, disappointed uh, me.
3: Okay. I I was so boring. Oh my god. <laughs> oh, nothing happens. Like it it oh, it felt like it felt like it was just all environmental challenges but that there wasn't like like there wasn't like an active threat against him. It was just kind of like and eh, another other thing is putting stuff away and he goes on this journey across the land. But like like the wolf like the wolf was cool and I was so looking forward to the wolf doing things. He shows up explains kind of like a whole bunch of stuff about the world and like the themes of it and so on and so forth and then just dies and it was like you were so cool, and you just died like a bitch.
1: But, like, that last intro of that wolf was, like, fucking sweet, though.
3: Yeah, yeah, like, like <laughs> the wolf was very cool. Like, the wolf was awesome, and I was so disappointed that they just didn't really do much with him. They're... But the horse! That was, like, the only semi-emotional part of that movie. You
2: were, okay. You skipped. Yeah, you walked out of the room. During, they seemed like big, strong hands.
1: That, which is like, I almost actually cried right there. Yeah.
3: <laughs> and, like, but even so, I had no attachment to those characters because they show up for 30 seconds, it felt like. Like, they're just kind of there... We don't learn really anything about them. They're the hundred. characters
2: that establish at the start yeah, that yeah, the nothing yeah. is a threat.
3: Yeah, no, no. And they're great establishing characters for, like, the world. I actually like that setup of the them meeting up and going, like, here's yeah. the problem.
2: These, like, three weird travelers. That's yeah. when that movie's at its best, when it's, like, yes. here's a crazy thing that's happening in Fantasia. Yeah, and, like, I like that. I like that opening where I was like, yeah, that's a good way
3: to establish the world and talk about the problems. But I can't get emotionally attached to, like, three, four guys who show up for, like, two minutes of screen time and then disappear as the hero goes on his journey.
1: But the racing snail was really fast.
3: It was a cool snail. Doesn't mean I care about the snail. Also, it's
1: not a squirrel.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, in my defense, that poster, that part of it was not in detail, okay? Um, also,
1: fun fact, main character, not on the poster. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah.
2: I, I still think Atreyu's the main character. So I don't know if yeah. Bastion's the main Technically character. Technically speaking, Bastion's the main character. I think Atreyu's the main But
1: Atreyu's, main Atreyu's more of like the main character of the movie. Yes.
0: So. Yeah, but that's the thing. Atreyu doesn't actually need to overcome anything.
1: No. Yeah, he <gasps> is, true. from the yeah. very
0: start, fully equipped to handle every, th- every challenge. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. As he's told by Flesh Hawk, Right. Bring nothing, bring no one.
2: Yeah, and, uh, yeah. and I the, think, like, The
0: only one who has to face challenge is Bastion.
2: Just, okay, we, we're we using a lot of terms that we've made up. Hawk is Moses Gunn from Shaft. <laughs> <laughs> and he has a rad, weird shark fin on top of his head in this movie for no reason.
1: Because it's fantastic,
0: Fantasia. Uh, yeah, so, like... Because the old man wished for it.
2: Yeah, and he's like the, um... Oh, that's interesting. I hadn't thought about that, but I guess so. Um, yeah, so he's like the servant of the childlike empress or something.
3: Yeah,
1: yeah. Something. something.
3: But like, but but I, I agree with John. I think that like that goes back to my initial issues with it. Is it felt like there was no challenge to overcome for like, Treyu? Yeah, the yeah. challenges. Ba- yeah, 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 yeah. For
2: for Treyu. and
1: that's because Bashan's uh, the main character, not Atreyu. Yes. Yeah. But, it is good.
2: <sighs> yeah, I guess that's true because we follow a throughout the whole movie, but yeah. Bastion is the one that actually like grows and changes as a
3: person. Yeah. But does he really change that much? He closes because, like, a
2: window a couple
3: times. He gets courage and then he uses a he, dragon to beat up bullies. I, but that's what I mean. Is it's like, it, like he was if, turning if, into if, his father. If he instead the problem. like okay, like yeah, his yeah I can, I can see. But like, if he, if it was him change, like, if we saw more examples of his change at the end of the movie, but instead it's like, hey, want to, like, meet my friend, like, the dragon? And then the dragon kind of beats them up for him.
1: No, he wished for the dragon.
3: okay. Did he wish for... Okay. Yes. But anyway... That was his first wish. Yeah, that's true. Um, But at least to me, like, it wasn't enough. Like, right. you can point to those examples, and, like, that's cool, like, they're totally legitimate. Okay. But for me, it just wasn't enough. Um,
2: I think I would say that, like, I don't know if I'd put it in the category of please don't hit me, Um. I don't know if I put it in the category of like this is a fantastic movie. I think it's a very good kids movie. Yes. And the thing that always sticks out to me in that movie is the effects yeah. are amazing.
3: Yeah. So um, yeah, speaking of the effects, that was the thing that most impressed me was I, like I was mentioning to you in the middle of the movie, was I found like when the models were moving, it was a little stiff. Like like the uh, like when um, uh-huh. Falcor flies down, that was my main thing was like he just looks like the model obviously like looks very stiff. Yeah. But, like, when they
2: were just talking, looks so good. Or, like, Gamork. Yeah. That puppet is just a head and a torso, and they do so much with that. Yeah. And you don't ever really notice that you never see the other half of this, like, wolf creature. Yeah. Because they do such a good job, and the face is yeah. so expressive. And even though the mouth doesn't, like, quite go together, like, yeah. it just looks so good and real. Yeah,
3: yeah, like, he looks
2: evil. Yeah. And,
3: like, like real good. Uh. So, like, the effects were good. So, like, I would say, like... Obviously, my opinion is based off of like having like I didn't watch it when I was a kid. Yeah, yeah. So like you guys have that experience of it as a kids movie, and I think it is a very good kids movie. Like I think it's um, it, it's very good in that regard. Uh, but uh, but yeah, I think it's a great kids movie. But um, watching it now, I I was kind of bored.
2: Right. So, um, how did your expectations from that poster there from a little while ago like when it, the movie started and we started in like 1984 yeah the real world like did you, did you expect that
3: um to an extent because I've seen other movies that have started like that okay. and like with the biggest thing is like the two main things is one I expected the supporting characters so like the three travelers to have a much bigger role in the movie mm-hmm. because they were on the poster uh, than they did
2: and um, they have a pretty, they've argued, especially Rockbiter has kind of the biggest role besides the training. Yes, for. yeah. Uh,
3: but I think like what I mean is, is like more screen time. Like I expected them to be bigger parts, yeah. but uh, like obviously. Tra- traveling companions. Yeah, that, that was actually what I expected was like they were going to be the people traveling with whoever the main character
2: was. I think they're more there in the movie to show you what the progress of the nothing is. Yes. No, no, and,
3: and, and uh, I'm just talking about like my expectations from like the poster going in mm. was of like that was yeah. like they, that. This was going to be like a traveling adventure uh, thing, rather than they show up. He goes on his adventure, and then just the rock uh, rock writer shows up uh, later, and like that's that's kind of it. Uh, so I expected them to have uh, much bigger roles. Also, be- I expected to be more tragic. Like you, guys, I think it was like somebody I was talking to was mentioning like how sad of a movie it is when we were when we were discussing it. And I didn't really like other than the horse, but even the horse was like more of like, wow, that's dark for a kid's movie rather than like, I was actually sad about it. So I was actually expecting in a a darker twist because of the Ouroboros symbol on the cover and everything like that. I expected them all die and then restart and kind of like showing this like crazy cycle of like awfulness. Uh, like or something along those lines That's of the story, kind
2: of what yeah. Or yeah. no, no. Like,
3: and that does end up happening, but not in the way that I had re- like kind of partway through I expected because of how dark kind of like part one was, where it's like, yeah, this guy looks like he's gonna like fail, and then I was like thinking like, okay, then it would restart again, or something along those lines. Uh, but obviously, like the Never Ending Story, like it did the final theme of it and how they ended it, it makes
2: total sense.
1: It is a very sad movie for a children's movie, though.
2: Well, yeah, it's dealing with crazy topics for a child to understand, like, the fact that the viewer of a media is, is, like, participating in the media. Mm -hmm. Like, a child can't handle that. And I'm sure, like, to a kid, the horse dying must have been, like, what the fuck... Like that's not supposed to happen. <laughs> it
1: was uh, incredibly upsetting as a child. Yeah. yeah. Especially
2: yeah. like you said when we were watching it. That happens very early in the movie. Yeah. That happens like half an hour in.
3: I expected that to yeah. be like the part two, you know, almost all hope is lost type deal. And it's like they just dropped it in part one. I was like
1: That's the that's fuck? the tone of the movie. Yeah,
3: like I was like I was like, Wow, that's um, that's real good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um and uh, I like the turtle a lot. Morla? Yeah, you were really into Morla. <laughs> Man, that turtle. <laughs> Sassy turtle. Like, Sassy turtle. that turtle did not give a fuck. <laughs> like, like, actually, when it was like, oh yeah, like, like like I expected, so when the turtle showed up, I was like, okay, it's going to be like the wise sage who, like, when all hope is lost, gives direction that will nah. lead, to lead the hero to, like, the next step, right? Because, like, ancient turtle, like, you know... That that kind of uh, theme. It should be pop- like the
2: meeting with the goddess moment, right?
3: Yeah, yeah. That that pops up in a lot of media. And so the turtle goes like, "Yeah, I know, but uh, I don't really care." Yeah, the world is ending, turtle. Wow, something will be happening. <laughs> like it was <laughs> it's like, like that seems neat. I'm like, uh, all right. <laughs> I, I like this. I like the cut of this turtle's jib. <laughs> uh, so like that, I thought was cool. Yeah, like like it was a neat movie, and I don't regret watching it. Mm-hmm. But it definitely wasn't. Um, it's definitely a kids' movie. Yeah, was kind of my final impression of it, which is not a knock against it.
2: Okay, mm-hmm. it's just not made for me anymore. So another like kind of fun trivia is that uh, Alan Oppenheimer is the voice of Falcor and Gamork. And also, like, several He-Man characters. Like, he's a very famous, like, that era voice guy. Yeah. And you don't, like, he has a great range. Like, you don't really... Yeah, no, I had no idea. Yeah, exactly, right? Falcor was great. Falkor's a fun character, but that was our headcanon for Falkor, <laughs> as was Falcor as a junkie, was pretty good. <laughs> oh, oh, fuck, you really fucked it up this time, Falkor. <laughs> when he loses, and the train falls off. Oh, fuck, Falkor, Falkor, you, you shouldn't be fucked up when you're flying with kids, Falcor. You know this, Falkor. You do this every time. God damn it. Chugs like some coffee. I gotta find him. Oh, fuck. If the childlike empress finds out about this, oh, she's gonna <laughs> she's gonna cut my dick off, man. <laughs> The <laughs> high in the drug addict. <laughs> yeah. yeah. the drug <laughs> What is going on in that school that they have, like, a taxidermy and skull attic. Like I
3: said, I swear he was, like, run one room away from their goat sacrifice room. I love <laughs> like, that
1: attic, though. Like, I just kind of want to be there. Oh, no, like,
3: that is a really cool set, though, actually, and mm-hmm. I love how they set up the attic. Right. Yeah. Like, like, I'd want um, a dust,
1: but otherwise I'd totally just live there.
3: Yeah. It'd be
2: a cool place to read a book, read a yeah. spooky book. Um. Do you think, like, is there going to be any comeuppance for Bastion? Like, just skipping school? Like, the movie starts and it's Yeah, like, you're, like, failing at school. Like, we need to, like, have a talk about how you don't live in reality. Yeah. And at the end of the movie, they're like, yeah, he doesn't. Like... Yeah. Um, the movie is very much not about, like, you need to... Yeah, I, and I think that goes back to where
3: I say, like, it doesn't seem like Bastion really changes. Because, like, like, in other books or movies, I can't name off the top of my head, but the general theme is that... When they step outside of that fantasy world, it helps them solve the issue. So, like, what I expected to see is that he uses this to get over his mother's death. Right. Whereas instead, it's kind of like, I'm living even more in Um, fantasy than Yeah, no, it's
2: definitely okay. just like a form of escapism
1: yeah, yeah. so I
2: think like Pagemaster was one of the ones that you said that you did yeah, see yeah yeah so think... in Pagemaster his whole thing is that he's a coward right and uh, I end... haven't seen Pagemaster in a long time so oh, okay. like, don't well... t-
3: and I've only seen like the first like 20 minutes and like last 20 minutes that's the, the only okay so <laughs> the first 20
2: minutes they set up that he's a coward and in the last 20 yeah. minutes he like takes the bike jump that he was afraid yes. to take yes yeah yeah uh, and he like climbs up to the treehouse that he was yeah. afraid to climb up to yeah Bastion never really has a yeah he like doesn't now. have
3: that moment and, and I think that's what I was. Would... Hoping for from the end of the movie, and that's why I was kind of disappointed. Was it's just kind of like, and he scares the bullies, but it's not like, yeah, it didn't feel like he personally, uh, especially yeah, like I said, because in the beginning of the movie they set up he's really broken up about his mom being dead for very obvious reasons, uh, and then he's living in his, in 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 his books, like in his escapism, drawing unicorns in math class, and I expected at the end of the movie through the story of the character in in Fantasia, that he would grow more like, not necessarily like courageous, but by naming her the Empress after his mom, like that was a way of like kind of get, his mom living on through the book that he's reading. So in the sense that she's not dead, but rather is living through the pages forever. Mm -hmm. Like the sense of immortality through written works that has been a constant theme of literature since forever. Um, And then that as a way of him getting over that, and but there's not a moment that shows that in the movie, which I feel like undercuts what they had set up at the beginning of the movie.
1: But he also kind of has to, like, commit to reading that book forever, because that's almost the point, and that's what happens to the old man, well, at least it's implied. Uh, like, he has to spend the rest of his life reading this book. Yeah. Is the nothingness, like, senility? Is um, it the old man just, like...
2: No, dying. I th- no, I think that nothing is like complacency or like mm. like a failure to like dream or imagine or something like yeah, that. I, I was gonna
3: say I feel like because the old man goes like, oh, this isn't like your comic books or your you know video games, um, and like like a theme I've seen in, in in a lot of works is that idea of like the the limiting of the imagination right, and the inability to imagine a world beyond your own right, and, like, to hope
2: and dream. But, like, hard stance on comic books, never-ending story. Comic books are rad. This was written in... 84. Yeah, so, like, uh, like, Alan Moore was just thinking about revolutionizing yeah. comic books. So Yeah, so, like, this was... This was,
3: obviously, like now, we'd go, like, no, those are very artistic mediums with very great stories to tell, but in that time, like, the people making these films are like, Comic books? Video games? Yeah. <laughs> Trash.
0: Well, so did the nothingness start because Bastion started reading it, or was it was it happening at the end of the old man reading it?
3: Um, I feel like... Um, so, like, this the feeling I got, at least, this is my own feeling on it, is that it was... Like, it was a society thing. Like, the book, like, literature takes on aspects of the culture around it, and of the youth... And I, the, the feeling I got was the book was saying, like, the youth aren't dreaming. Like, people aren't dreaming beyond what they are. Because that's been, like, a theme of movies and stuff like that is is um, the idea of, yeah, like, the, the death of the imagination of people being stuck either in in reality of like this is my job and I'm working crushing things like like. which water.
2: the dad represents obviously yes. the dad is like very 80s business dad yes with a like big gay business mustache yeah and like drinking his orange juice and yeah and, like, like watch
3: watch any like Christmas movie like a lot of Christmas movies deal with that with those themes of like oh Santa Claus isn't real and going to work and Christmas is just another day and then the whole idea of the Christmas movie is re-injecting that magic into it and people rediscovering that like You know, the magic of the everyday, the magic of the imagination. Um, And uh, so the feeling I got was that the book was... uh, The world was dying because there wasn't enough dreaming in society, whereas Bastion represented uh, the imagination of the youth, where the old man couldn't carry forward that vision anymore. Ooh, interesting. So he needed somebody younger, somebody with, you know, because generally, like, what are the themes, like, like a constant theme too with younger characters is that it's the young versus the old, the idea of the old are set in their ways, the status quo, and then the young challenge that uh, and dream of something beyond the current system. So in a sense, he gives that book to Bastion, was the feeling I got, so that Bastion could jump into that book. And give that fresh blood, that fresh um, imagination, right, and inject it into it.
2: Which is what happens at the end. He reimagines yes. Fantasia, and then
3: it's also the cycle repeating itself. One generation handing off the his like so the old man handing his legacy of the book to Bastion to carry on.
0: Hmm. Yeah, like because like the wolf does explicitly say that it is like the imagination of society, but it is very much just through one representative. Yeah. There is only one representative of society's imagination at a time. Mm-hmm. Yeah and they're given unlimited cosmic power, I guess. <laughs> I guess.
3: <laughs> uh, but yeah, probably for like the simplicity of like sake of the story, they go like okay, it's just gonna be this one kid and one old man and mm-hmm. so on and handing it off uh, because it makes it easier to manage.
0: More uh, importantly, how old was the old man when he wished for child empress and Sphinx titties?
3: <laughs> I don't know if like.
0: I think okay. flesh is,
1: is the more important question. Flesh talk.
3: <laughs> but man, that 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 sphinx was all Connor's fault in this case. Like, <laughs> like you brought attention to it, and then like
2: that that was that was the end. It was hard to pay attention to anything else once I realized that the sphinx is topless
1: and stacked.
2: Oh oh yeah, and like that when he's under it and like <laughs> afraid, it's he's looking right up at it. Like it is a shot of. Directly up at the nipples.
1: You're welcome.
2: Yeah, it's a real male POV shot (laughs) happening there. A lot of kids got
3: (laughs) a lot of kids (laughs) got weird feelings unlocked.
2: (laughs) Um, Oh fuck!
0: (laughs) And then they're reminded that they're watching a twelve-year-old boy read about them
2: yeah oh so we um, interesting so Atreyu the, the actor that plays Atreyu is like 13 when that movie comes out alright he is way too attractive and like <laughs> sexualized in that movie like he's wearing way too much sexy makeup for a little boy he's very attractive yeah that's it made me feel strange watching this as like an even more of an adult than the last time I watched it and be like what is happening with this Atreyu character why are they making him so sexy? Why is his shirt so open? <laughs> the, the and the people
0: of the of the Purple Buffalo planes have great conditioner.
2: Oh yeah. Their <laughs> hair is fantastic. Yeah. It has to be. That's how yeah.
1: you attract the Purple Buffalo. Oh
2: I see. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta look good, man. Um Wolfgang Peterson directed this, right? Yep. Yes. He also directed Das Boot. He directed Das Boot? Too? Yep. He's an amazing director. If you like Holy I'm crap. blanking on his other movies, but like they're fantastic. Like he's yeah. a prolific uh Troy. He also. That's probably not his best work, but like. Yeah, but I mean, it
3: was like an. It's okay pretty party. good movie. Yeah,
2: yeah, it's not a bad movie. Um. Uh, but yeah, he's like a very prolific director. Damn!
3: Like he directed Das Boot.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. do you, you like Neverending Story <laughs> now? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I have a new respect for I this mean, movie. It's
3: still boring, but I mean, <laughs> uh, different different audience. Right. Different audience you know. Um, also so, a children's story,
2: right? You just have to watch yes. it in German next time.
1: That dubbing was weird in places yeah, that I've like, never noticed before. Especially
2: um, Teehee, the snail rider.
1: Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I noticed it with him.
0: And also um,
2: the bat rider kind of too. The the night hob. I don't know if, like, their voices were just garbage or, like, maybe couldn't come through the makeup and costume they were in or something. Or if it wasn't shot in English. Or, I'm not sure. I mean, yeah, I don't know. It was released a few months earlier in Germany than North America. That's basically all I know mm-hmm. on that. Yeah. Yeah. One of your other predictions was that the... Uh, the the child, the childlike empress from the poster was going to be the main character. Yes, yes. Does not show up until ten
3: minutes yes the, end of the movie. <laughs> No, no, and, and I realized, like, I was definitely quick on it, because I was just kind of like, it's the poster, I want to watch the movie.
2: Yeah,
3: yeah. Uh, so I was like, whatever, like, she's, she's very prominent on the poster. Probably, you know, main character, one of the main characters, uh, obviously. Yeah. No.
1: She's a very important character. Yes. Yeah, very
2: important. Yeah. Yeah. It just, she's important. Like, doesn't get to do a whole lot. But,
3: but it's the same with like the other characters on the poster where like they they don't feel like how is it? like they don't feel um, important. They're definitely they're they're important, but they are memorable parts yes. of the movie. Yeah. Rock wreck, Rock Rockbiter and like like and honestly she does a great job at the end. Like, uh, I thought the performance of the actor for that was quite good. Oh, yeah. She like, did a very good job. Uh, very like, emotive for, like, a child yes. actress. Yes. Like, that was what I was thinking. Like, I love like her she's... little
1: coy smile when yeah. she's just like, he's already here.
3: Oh, man. I felt so bad for him. For because, a trio? Yeah. Because he gets, like, he has to travel around, do all this stuff. Comes back, and she's just like, his horse <sighs> gets murdered. Yeah, yeah. Let me, like, tell you, lay on this knowledge dump of a whole bunch of stuff that you. Probably should have like known before you went out, but yeah. You know. Well, and also like like Atreyu had already
0: been to the Ivory Tower, and he had already brought Bastion. Yeah, they had been here already. But they
3: do have a good explanation for that. Of Bastion needed to be into the story; he needed to experience the journey to understand his importance to the story and like how everything works. So, like that part, I was cool with. Yeah, I didn't, they... I didn't. Have... But
1: that's why they couldn't explain it to Atreyu because no, no was already with him. no. I,
3: I know, uh, but like. Uh, this is more of me, like, joking about it because he shows up, and, like, I felt so bad for him because, like, yeah, she just goes, like, oh, by the way, here's all this information. And, like, does that, like, smile and everything. That look
2: he gives his dad in
3: the beginning <laughs> of the movie. Oh, yeah. The death note look.
2: <laughs> oh, when his eyes, like, narrow, when his, when his dad, like, says, like, you should, like, forget what he sees. Your
1: saying. math teacher <laughs> talked to yeah. me about oh, your grades. yeah, yeah, yeah. His just,
2: eyes just narrow, like, fuck did
0: you say? <laughs> yeah. i' kind of yeah. like, mouthing his unicorns. Yeah. Like,
3: that was, that was quite the look.
2: He gave that at the end of the, at the end of the movie too. Yeah. I can't believe the dad doesn't show up again in the movie. I was, I was surprised by that. Like, like, yeah, just remembered that, I guess. Um, yeah, I somehow thought that there was, like, a part at the end where, yeah, he had to rejoin the real world, but, like, as far as we know, he never does. He yeah. vaguely
1: does that in the second movie, kind of.
3: And, and this is also where I, like like, thinking about it some more, I almost feel like this movie should have been 20 minutes longer.
2: Right. You like, wanted another scene or two?
3: Uh, yeah, I think, like, another scene or two to wrap it up and maybe have one more small threat in the middle of the movie. I think would have done a lot.
2: Or if there for. was, like, a scene where Gamork showed up and menaced um, yeah, yeah. Uh, Trey a little yeah, bit more. Yeah, yeah, essentially like that, to make him a bigger presence, because he,
3: he, you see the green eyes. He's on a quest. I was like, cool, that's great. You've got the opposite. Two quests uh, in opposition to each other. Runs in the swamp. Great. But not a direct confrontation between the two of them. Right. So it would have been great to have one more... One confrontation between that confrontation and right. the final one where it's like they're like either like stalking each other if there's a
2: little more cat and mouse between he, them.
3: Yeah, and then he escapes and then they have the final like why are you hunting me? It's because of these reasons mm-hmm. you must die. I think would have like one, posed like a bigger threat and, and had a bigger sense of adversity. Um, made Gamor more interesting and make better use of what is like a really cool villain I thought. Um, and then yeah one more scene at the end of him returning like taking the lessons from the book into the real world mm-hmm. uh, so yeah yeah I think like an extra 20 minutes would have
2: really benefited this movie I, I agree with you about goodmar like I think Gamar is a really cool villain and I like the reveal you get at the end of like he's not from Fantasia either yeah like he was sent here to help the nothing yeah for and like we don't get to find out by who or why.
3: And, I mean, you could even, like, think of him as, like, a creation of the dreamless society. Right. Like, he is, uh, he is, it's like malice taking form, but in this case, it's... um, Like complacency or something. Yeah, like, the nothingness is the absence, right? Because it's like the giant says, it's just nothing. All of a sudden, it wasn't there anymore. So, it's not even, like, a malicious force, but just one that's created out of people going, like, why should we... like, Like, it was like the old man said, like, oh, like why are you here these are books like that 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 the lessening of the importance of books creates a creature to kill the story but, right. but maybe i'm reading too much into it or i'm on the wrong track but like almost him as yeah the the opposite of the boy reading books is the one who seeks to destroy it um
1: he is video games and comic books
3: not video games and comic books. <laughs> Bleepity bloops, is that what?
1: Bleep bloops. Yeah.
3: Doesn't bleep or bloop or whatever the uh, uh, book guy says. But but I would even say, like, it's not even that, but what, to, to people who, like, to older people of that society, what comic books and video games represented yeah. to them. Because obviously they're wrong, because, you know, like we were saying earlier, video games and comic books have a lot of artistic merit to them, but to them it was intellectual rot. Right. And Grimork represents intellectual rot. Right.
2: But there are also books. I'm sure that yeah. they're like you know there are books that were also the same thing. Like
3: people haven't. But in these movies, people almost always have this idealized version of what reading
2: is. Yeah. Well, and it's and it's a easier shorthand to say comic books and video games. And all the books that they mention when they're having that conversation at the start are like classic literature. Like yes. He talks about Ivanhoe and Robin Hood. Yeah. Uh, Robinson uh, Crusoe, Crusoe. Yeah. I don't know if he actually talks about Ivanhoe. I might have made that up. I think you made that up. Yeah. Okay. Treasure uh, Island. Treasure, Treasure Island. Island. There he mentions lord of the rings it sounds like you were expecting more of a lord of the rings sort of story like you were expecting like these characters on the cover to be like we are a fellowship and we're doing yeah a quest yeah yeah probably like, uh, like a kid's version of it
3: right. i I, th- I think like like you mentioning it yeah i probably was i had expectations of more along those lines not not definitely not that high of like like literature or that great like epic of a story uh, but something along the lines of yeah, like a like a fellowship to save mm-hmm. to save the land.
1: I think this was like my first like super meta media, which is part of why it probably like hit me so hard as a kid.
3: Because
1: mm-hmm. it was just like oh yeah, like just as like Bastion is experiencing this story, like they also yeah. call the Watcher out.
3: Yes, which which was really cool. I really like that uh, when they go like when with the, and that goes back to the Empress's performance being so good because that that and the horse dying. Two favorite scenes in the movie, uh, in, in terms of uh, em- emotional performances. Like I love the turtle, but that was more a personal thing. Uh,
1: Those big strong hands.
3: Again, I didn't have like it walked out of the scene. But even if I, I didn't care about them, <laughs> I didn't care. <laughs> The giant could step on both of them and be like, "Okay, whatever. He's clumsy. Like, no, nothing is lost."
1: But I cared about Rockbiter, and he was sad.
3: Lost his bike too. Yeah. Yeah, that was a real shame.
1: It uh, like
0: good,
3: strong bike. <laughs> <laughs> did, did didn't they? <laughs> uh, but but yeah, like like because like the, the horse performance was great the board like the
1: stupid horse uh, yeah stupid horse.
3: uh like that that like no no like, ho- like it was, and then it's just like stupid horse like this last stroke i like gone amazing and then yeah the empress going mm-hmm. like like you must name me and like the gradual desperation and she goes like no you must everything falls apart perfect and yeah. she
1: was scared like she was yeah crying. yeah
3: like the like like christmas ink. very emotive and that was an amazing performance and definitely like at the end like I basically woke up (laughs) because I was like this is great (laughs) if only the rest of the movie was like this (laughs) and and Connor what name is it?
1: Moonchild
3: (laughs) yeah I I would say um, that's my other problem with this movie is yeah if you didn't tell me yeah. Yeah. All
2: right,
1: I'll do it. Yeah. I did not know her name until someone who read the book told me. Yeah, yeah. It
0: gets completely drowned out by the storm, and even then.
3: And, and I almost wonder if that was intentional on the director's part maybe. to drown it out to keep it like it wasn't supposed to be legible, like like it wasn't supposed to be uh, hearable. And I like to um, as part of like the person reading the book creates the story or adds to the story everybody was kind of had their own name to for the put Empress. their own name into it
0: alright kids everyone shout out your dead mom's name now <laughs>
1: <laughs> also like why do you name your child moon child
2: they were hippies so I'm starting to wonder because we were while we were watching this we were saying like how did she get with that dad this like yeah. 80's business dad now I'm starting to think maybe her parents were hippies and she was like super rebelling against them and she was like a super business mom maybe
1: <gasps> Moonchild Johnson.
2: Yeah, call me M. (laughs) (laughs) Moon!
1: My name is M.
3: (laughs) My name... Is that short for Emily? Sure. Is M. Say my name. (laughs) M. You're goddamn right. (laughs) Uh, But, uh, so, like, I wonder if it was intentional on the director's part uh, to do that. Because if it was unintentional... Very poor. Yeah, it's just like
2: sloppy. So, you you hope that it
3: was. I hope it was
2: intentional. It
1: does seem like they were running out of funding partway through the movie. Yeah, especially
2: because that first scene when we're in the Ivory Tower, you get to see like 30 awesome, like weird pup, like people with four faces, the giant, like the people that were like pillars with just a giant rock head yeah there's like a 14 foot tall just a fish neck person there's all kinds of cool stuff in the first couple minutes um and the back half is a lot of like shots of new zealand i think (laughs) but yeah
3: i I, 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 don't i'd also be very curious to know the budget of like like I it was
1: a very expensive movie
3: so so to be more specific i would love to hear like the background of what went into making this movie and why it ended up like this what was intentional what was un- unintentional mm-hmm. because like I said I feel like the yelling was intentional right because if it wasn't very sloppy mm-hmm. um, like awfully so because anybody anybody watching the movie anybody in the editing room would go like no they, they, they can't and the audio and the it.
1: rest of the movie had been like fine
3: yes yes uh, like there have been no issues with audio for the rest of the movie which makes me think that yes it was intentional mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I wonder where the budgetary concerns came in. Cause I wonder if they were planning to do more stuff and maybe they just couldn't get it They needed working, more Georgia Rotor
2: money. <laughs> Am I the only person that is like blown away by that? I love that soundtrack. I, um, I really like Italo disco though. Like, um.
1: It's such a good soundtrack. It's,
2: it's driving. It's, it's disco and you don't expect it really, <laughs> but it, like, and it, Pump, like comes in and in the uplifting scenes, it's like very like uh, pumping. I liked.
3: I I didn't really like the vocal pieces. I gotta be honest. Like the opening was like eh. oh the Lamal
2: song. Yeah, yeah, yeah The yeah. main song. Yeah. yeah, I was
3: like eh. Uh, but a lot of the ambient music was very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really liked. Uh, I can't remember which specific scenes, but like I think when he was talking with the wolf, like a lot of the ambient music was, w- w- like like sinister. Yeah. Um, and really capture the mood, but, like, a lot of the more, like, I guess, like, uplifting or orchestral pieces that were supposed to be big moments, I wasn't really into. Or I mm-hmm. didn't really find them exceptional, I should say. Okay. Yeah. Maybe I just have shit opinion on music, so, like, feel free to <laughs> disagree.
1: Music and, like, even movies are, like, extremely subjective. Though. Yeah, like...
3: yeah. Uh, but e- but even so, like, I still firmly believe that, like, you, you know, you can say subjective,
2: but... Exceptional things stand out. Yes. Yeah.
3: Like, uh, I I don't like the idea that movies and music are entirely subjective because it's like there are clear markers of quality. Like, we know The Room is bad. Or like a bad movie. But we we love it for reasons that we know it's not good, if you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. Uh, And a lot of film students can point out, like, you, you, like you could point out when a movie is good and bad and why it is good and bad. For, like, structural reasons, pacing reasons, you know, poor effects, things like that. There are very clear markers in movies that you can point to that are beyond just subjective points of why one movie is better than another movie. Um, uh, So I I always disagree with that premise or, like, that idea that things are entirely subjective. But, yeah, with the score, definitely most of it I liked. Uh, I just didn't find it as powerful as you guys did. Right. Um, but, again, I also have a different emotional
2: attachment. And this is your first time, like...
3: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, maybe... Uh, because sometimes, like, like at least I find is my opinions on a movie will change over time. Mm-hmm. Where maybe sometimes, like, the first time I watch it, I'm not... I'm not invested or I'm not into it. Right. But when I have some time to think on it, and also maybe, like, give it another watch down the line, uh, sometimes my opinion will change. Uh, but we'll see if that happens with this movie, but... So far, I was kind of like, like it was okay. It's a kids movie. It's a very good kids movie. Right. Uh, not really my thing. Um, and it's part of it is like, yeah, I don't have that emotional and envos- that emotional investment and history with the movie right. that you guys do.
1: That's entirely understandable. Honestly, yeah. like it is very much a kids movie. It's very yeah. much made to like really resonate with kids, especially like bullied ones.
3: Yes, and I think it does that very well would you have told 10-year-old Tepper to watch it? I probably would have. Like, because I like, I th- definitely think it was a worthwhile movie to watch for, for most kids because, like, it's... Um, uh, other movies I watched at that time, like, I, again, uh, I'm not... I can't think of names right now, but they had similar themes. Like, the idea, like, kid getting bullied, stuff happens, becomes courageous afterwards, is something that I've seen themed in a bunch of movies and I think this movie does it great and it's fun and it's a good adventure movie for kids. Um, and the wolf is, like I said, God, I love that wolf. Gamork is real cool. Gamork is real good and that's that's why I'm so disappointed he doesn't show up more. Cause...
2: Yeah. And now that I'm thinking about the things I really love about that movie, a lot of it is like, oh, this character is really cool. Like, yeah. I think this character is awesome or that character yeah. is really cool or the way this character looked is really cool or the way this one was
3: portrayed is really cool. Yeah. I find it's a very character-driven movie in that sense. Like what you like, like what I liked out of it was primarily character interactions. Yeah. Uh, You know, again, going back to the turtle. God damn
2: that turtle! But you didn't feel like any of the challenges that, especially Trey, was facing (sighs) were like actual challenges. And you didn't seem to know. Do like, especially the Sphinx challenge. He just beat it by not running. believing himself and running? Yeah. Or did he believe in himself? See, like, you have to believe... I think so, he got to a
1: certain point and started to, like, re-believe in himself. Bastion. So they couldn't aim anymore. Bastion, so, Bastion believed in him.
3: See, uh, but, like, what I expected was...
0: I like, think that's what was but Then why did the Sphinxes shoot their eye lasers? Because he didn't believe that hard.
2: Or possibly because it's a movie? So I was wondering if they always shoot the lasers? And and, and the believe in yourself thing is, like, you have to... Run. Yeah! Like, don't hesitate. They shoot lasers. See, like, what I expected
3: for that scene to happen was him to back up. And be like, no, no, I can't do it. And then for Bastion to go, like, no, no, like, you can do it. I believe in you. Because earlier in the movie, he yelled. And he had an impact upon the story. Right, in the turtle scene, they look around. Yeah. Yeah. So I expected him to go like, no, believe in yourself, I believe in you. Believe in the me as believes in you. Um, (laughs) um, And for him to go like, yeah, no, I can do this. And then just stride through, no problem. But, and that goes back to the final lesson of the movie not really being a lesson... Where he does, like, like the, the impact of what happens isn't shown well. Where, like, the, the, the impact of the story upon him isn't, I didn't feel properly conveyed into the ending, in the same sense that that scene doesn't really show, like, him overcoming anything.
1: Yeah. I still I, really like the mirror scene, though.
3: Where, again. Like,
1: mostly because of Bastion. Yeah. Betray you realizing that he's being controlled by Bastion, not a big deal to me.
2: Yeah.
1: Bastion going fucking insane. Yeah. Because yes. he's like, Why am I in this book?
3: Yeah, yeah. Like that, <laughs> that was that was a sounds- sounds yeah. the book. I'm,
0: I'm curious if the Sphinx scene plays out any differently in the book. If it is more like yeah. him just like getting a pep talk for Bastion and it's a better scene in a movie for for there
2: to be laser shot. I don't know much about the book. I know nothing about But the book. like thinking about it on this rewatch for me, it really occurred to me that like I bet a lot of the things that don't play super well in the movie play a lot better when they're just described in the book. Uh Almost like certainly. like the nothing. Like every time they showed the nothing, they yes. had to show like clouds or space. Yeah. Because you can't show like the concept of actual nothing in a, yeah. in a movie. You have to show something.
3: And especially in a kid's movie, like, uh, uh, yeah, I feel like having that physical action was important, whereas with a book, like, yeah, you can you can imagine just all of a sudden, no, like, the lake is gone.
2: Um, I don't know, Did anyone else have any other, like, specific thoughts about the, any scenes or characters or stuff that, like, stuck out or anything like that?
1: Rockbiter is such a good boy. And I'm so upset every time he says. Oh yes,
2: yeah. Poor Rockbiter. He is a
0: very. He's just a very nice big boy.
3: Yeah, yeah. I, I would say this. So like, finishing up some of my thoughts. Story started strong. Loved the setup. Story ended strong, except for the real world stuff. The in world stuff. Uh, the um, fantasia stuff ended very well. Yeah. Uh, didn't like how the real world stuff ended, and. I can see why this movie has had the cultural resonance that it has. Right. Like, I see it referenced a decent amount online. hmm And I, th- I think, like, it still comes up about people talking about how scared they were of the wolf when they were...
1: I was know, terrified know. of that wolf when I was a child. Yeah.
3: Uh, so, like, I, I can see why it has uh, become, yeah, like I said, uh, culturally, like, resonated. And, you know, I'm, I'm like, even though I didn't really enjoy the movie that much, I'm still glad I watched it. Right. That's
1: a success to me. Yeah, (laughs) you know,
3: again, like it's it's a movie. It's it's part of culture.
1: It's not your for you as an audience right
3: now. No, but whenever people bring it up now, I can go like, yeah, no, I've seen that, and now it's a part of my movie watching experience. And uh, you know, the more you watch, the more you read, uh, the more your taste develops, and the more you're able to articulate why something is good or bad is has always been my feeling. Mm-hmm. So even even watching something bad can be very, or or mediocre or something that you didn't enjoy can be helpful because yeah it can help you articulate right uh, and understand your tastes
2: and that was that was the reason why I was very excited to do this podcast because and like I was trying to explain this before and I think I ended up insulting you by accident but um, like you have a very developed taste in media. In different types of media, and it's not like you haven't seen any movies. There's just like a very long list of movies that we ended up coming up with that you hadn't seen, and so I thought it would be really interesting because we all have like strong opinions about these movies, um, and you have a very developed taste, so it'd be interesting because we get to relive it for the first time through like through you seeing it for the first time, and that's kind of cool.
3: Yeah, no, and and like whenever I'm, I'm always faking outrage. Uh, it's just a lot of fun to banter with you guys about this stuff, uh, and act hurt and upset, um, and salty because it's fun for everyone. Listeners,
2: he hasn't seen Ghostbusters. Only the sequel.
3: I've seen the sequel. That's
1: not an excuse to not see the first one.
3: I've also only seen the sequel of All Dogs Go to Heaven, and I've also only
2: seen the sequel to Ferngully. I mean, those are less of a tragedy, like, yeah.
1: Ferngully's a bit of a big tragedy. That's an amazing movie.
2: Ferngully 1? Yeah. Like, Ghostbusters
1: good, though? True, but like...
2: <laughs> but yeah, well, and, and
3: I'm gonna keep the story of why I've only seen the sequel, even though it's probably way less boring, or it's way more boring than you guys think, uh, but I'm gonna keep that a secret until, until we, actually, we do that. Until one. We okay, do that, that's yeah. great.
0: Alright, any final thoughts? Do people wanna
3: arbitrarily rate it?
1: It's a good movie. Uh, not for adults, but like, it's still a good kids movie. I give it
3: three high Falcors out of five. I give it Two
2: strong hands.
1: <laughs> I, gi- I
2: give it eight sphinx tits. Because <laughs> that's how many were in the movie.
1: <laughs> oh, God. oh,
2: Perfect.
0: And that's it. Thanks for listening. This has been Never End the Story with John, Chris,
1: Connor, and
0: Tepper. Thank you very much for listening, guys. Have a good one. And a special thanks to 8-Bit Jazz for the use of our theme song, uh, the NeverEnding Story theme, 8-Bit Jazz version. You can find them on YouTube, and there will be a link in the description.